You're listening to a podcast of Business News Background. A weekly roundup of the big stories here in Western Australia. Brought to you by Business News and Lush Digital. So welcome along to another edition of Business News Background. I'm James Lush from Lush Digital Media. And with us today, Mark Panel. Just uh, looking at some of the stories from this week also as we... Uh, Look ahead to next week's paper, which comes out on the Monday. Let's start, Mark, if we can, with um, a gas story. Apache in the news at the moment, and it could, I suppose, be... Uh, we might recognise the fact that Apache, of course, if we're using gas, it's probably come via Apache at some point. Certainly in the domestic market, um, James, they're, they're, the, they're, the, they're one of the bigger domestic gas providers. They've got two large facilities that they operate called Devil's Creek and Varanus Island. You'll remember oh, yes. Varanus. I can't yes. remember how you say it. I think we went for a Varanus in the end. Varanus, that's right. But, um, you know, we won't forget that one. But they're also um, a, a large uh, cornerstone um, investor in the Wheatstone LNG project as well. Uh, and they've got a variety of um, offshore assets, uh, you know, acreage out in the off the northwest shelf. Um, and basically, this is a bit of a common story. It's an American company. Um, it's got large assets all around the world, actually. But at the moment, Americans, many American resources companies, are finding that investing in their own country is more cost-effective than a lot of these, uh, you know, the, the um, overseas investments. Partly because I think they think the American, the U.S. dollar is going to go the other way. Yes. And in fact, these assets are going to become devalued. Um, so, is it also a sign of the American economy strengthening a little? Well, that's Perhaps part now of is the time to shift your, your focus. That's part of it. But there's also, you know, I think for gas, you know, there's a lot of gas in, in the U.S. So, you know, over the last 15 or 20 years, they've been looking everywhere around the world to get gas and suddenly they've kind of found it on their own doorstep. So the, it, it's a change of focus. A, it, lot, a lot of that is, um, you know, the fracking gas. That is true. That is true. Unconventional gas in the US. It's massive and it's changing the world energy um, kind of equation. Mm. But it's not just gas. I mean, you know, cliffs are doing it with iron ore. And so there's a bit of this going on. There's a bit of introspection from US com- companies about their foreign um, investments. And they probably just see they've, they've made it, they've had their best day in yes. Australia. Maybe. So what does that mean? A spin-off? Well, that's what they're talking about. So Apache is looking at, you know, there's all sorts of discussion around this. There's a possibility of spinning off a whole bunch of overseas assets, which would uh, include Australian assets, but be all sorts of things um, around the world. Um, but there's also the possibility they could sell off some of those international assets and actually spin off the Australian operation as a, as a standalone vehicle. Now, yeah. this is all just speculation at the moment, um, but it would be interesting. You've got BHP doing something similar. Yes. You could end up with two quite significant companies here. I think they talked about the size of it being uh, like a six or seven billion dollar company wow. if, it, if it was wow. the Australian operations. Wow. So, you know, you, you get another decent sized company probably based in Perth, you'd presume. Who would fancy something like this? You know, do you think, you know, where, where's it, where would it go? You know, what, what, what's likely to happen with this? Oh, well, you know, these, there'll be, there'll be the queue, conga line of investment bankers going to Apache head office, no doubt, with every different possibility under the sun. Yeah. Uh, you've got Woodside too. You know, Woodside would be interested in some of these assets. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and when you say some of them, is that what's likely to happen rather than buying all you kind of cherry pick? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, look, I think um, the Apache have got an asset in, in Canada, in British Columbia, that, that 
apparently would fit Woodside's portfolio. Right. So, you know, every different company has a different yeah, yeah. risk portfolio, yeah. different expertise. So there's something like that. So if it doesn't, if they don't sort of spin off its non-US assets into a one vehicle, yeah. they could potentially sell off bits and pieces. Yeah. And then you could end up with an Australian assets kind of orphan. Mm. Uh, orphan to them, opportunity to us. Uh, and what would it mean for the consumer? Anything? No change. Oh, I doubt it. No. I doubt it. These are all, you know, part of the value of these things is they know how much gas is there, pretty yes. much. Uh, it's contracted and, you know, and it's, it's you know, set in stone. That's why you buy these things. Yeah. Okay. Interesting gas story to start with. Let's look at, at another story from this week, a B&B story, if you pardon the sort of the, uh, the way of looking at it, uh, a Buswell and Bernie story. And yep. it's not often that uh, we talk about Buswell, is it? So we thought we'd do it again. Um, so he's decided to, is this for real? He's decided that politics is no longer his interest well i don't know if it's no longer his interest but it's he can <laughs> he no he's, longer he's, has i a... think i think the line roughly was it's no longer good for his health ah okay um and you know i think there's a there's a double-edged yeah. kind of sword i saw double-edged point to that really that a every time he's in the limelight there's a disaster yeah and yet it's not, he is not the person who cannot be in the limelight it's like you That's know so problem. he may as well get sitting sitting in the back bench does him no good so he's sitting there, you know, doing, being introspective, and and you know he's got some mental health issues. That's that's well known now. Um, uh, look, you know, lots of political eulogies, if you like. There was lots of very kind things said. Um, it's I always find that sort of mm. the classic thing about politics. They're always uh, very kind in the aftermath, but yes. pretty brutal during the time. Yes. Uh, you know, there are lots of people saying he's very smart and just a little bit flawed, and you know, hardworking. Look, in the end, politics is politics, and if you can't do those simple things and keep out of the limelight for the wrong reasons, yeah. uh, you know, really, it's a wrong game. Is this a rock star thing, though? He's temporarily retiring, only to make a comeback in a, you know, a year or two. You know, who knows? Because mm. we've seen him before, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. Well, in fact, and we'll get to that in a second. But you know, he's a relatively young man. Yeah. Um, but look. I think there is a little bit more these days of former politicians going into alternative careers and, mm-hmm. and, and making and doing well. I think it's it's less, uh, you know, I think a few decades ago there was very much the classic you sort of saw out your time and retired and maybe swanned around and did some, some nice things. But I think now there are people, you know, dropping out of politics fairly early and getting yes. on with, with, with much more money. Well, certainly things. politics lets you raise your profile, doesn't it? You, you, you have a lot of press coverage over the, your period, and, yeah. and he certainly has a lot of that. Oh, and you know how the system works. And mm. I think, you know, that that's invaluable to yeah. a lot of companies yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, that that's that's the trick. So you mm. get a bit of that both, a bit of both. And then, and then we you know, you mentioned Matt Burney and you talk about comebacks. So... And he's taken period out. He's been working in in, in the other sector. He's gone and done some really interesting things. He's kept a pretty good profile anyway. Yeah. Uh, He's he's loved by his clients as a as an investor relations kind of PR-y kind of guy. Um, He's been chairing a couple of companies. He's been an investor in a couple of companies. So he's he's had a real crack. Uh, He was also a businessman before he went into politics. Mm. So, um, but he was there early, and he was young, and he did make mistakes. Nothing of the order of what Troy Buswell has done. So, you know, in some ways, maybe Matt's kind of lucky in a way. He kind yes. of had his go early, and he is maybe, you know, quite capable of coming back and having another crack. And if he does come back and have another crack, are we talking about as a leader? Well, look, you know, uh, there is a there is, there is is a, a gap there in the, um, 
in on the Liberal side of politics as to who, who could be the That's next, right. right? You've got Colin Barnett, whenever he decides to step down, who's going to be next? There's a couple of names mentioned, but Matt Burney would have to come in. I mean, if he was seen as a leader when he was in his 30s, you know... He's older and wiser now. Yeah, yeah. How, how would that go down in the Barnett camp? Oh, well, you know, does it really matter? You know, I mean, Barnett knows his If you're looking off. to a successor, though, don't you need to sort of give that stamp of approval? And would he receive that? Well, you know, politics and, and companies, some do it. Some do the succession, the planned succession, and it's all very, you know, orderly. Some do the, you know, the one guy's out and the next guy's in. Um, I don't think it has to be planned. I think there's there's the parliamentary wing and there'll be Colin Barnett and then there'll be another group of people behind the scenes yeah, yeah. who may or may not have connections into the parliamentary wing who who, who might think differently. I yeah. mean, I, I, I can't speak for for that group as to whether yeah. Matt's their go or not. But it, the departure of Buswell does provide Bernie mm. with a seat yes. if he wants it, if he's prepared to spend some time down south, which I think you know most of us are. <laughs> yeah, usually. And let's just look at one more story from, from this week and something that was huge when it came out here in, in WA for obvious reasons, and that was the, the mining tax, now the repeal of the mining tax, another one of the, uh, the, the issues from the previous government, demolished. Yeah. Well, you a lot know, of told you so. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's one of those great stories. I mean, I, I just think I still remember when it came in in 2010, and and that I think the next six weeks after that May budget in 2010 was the most interesting period for me to watch the politicisation of a group of business people, the, the local mining community here. You know, miners, like every other business person, are interested in politics and policy as to how it affects them. But this brought, this drew them in. They started to see that government could really affect their business overnight. Um, and they reacted to it. And we saw that in a massive mm. campaign against the government, mm. which, you know, the Liberal Party jumped on, took advantage of, and eventually, uh, you know, in part, I think that was the beginnings of why they won government. Yeah. Um, and look, it's been hard yards getting rid of it. And it's not raised as much money as well, they thought. Well, it's hardly raised anything. You know, and again, because the, the, the mining tax part two was then designed by a few companies that were were able to kind of get it to work for them, the big guys who were producing it. And admittedly, it spent a lot of money developing these assets and were very annoyed to find that there was going to be an additional tax. Um, but, it, but it has also, it, it affects newcomers more than it affects old comers in the way it's designed. So it's been a real stop on new mines mm, uh, mm. from what I can hear from the industry. So it has to go. Even though it's not raising any money, it's stopping new investment, and that's a very disappointing thing. Um, but, you know, the uh, the process of getting it getting rid of it is, uh, is you know, has, has caused a whole lot of angst. And, you know, the superannuation industry sees itself as the big loser. Um, whether or not employees... Uh, and workers can be considered losers in this with the, the superannuation. The, the, the fact that the superannuation levy is not going to be increased yes, at yes. this pace that it was. Yes. Um, there, was always a, there was always a question mark as to who was actually going to pay for that. Was it going to be the business or was it going to be the employee? So we still don't really know. Um, 
but yeah, the super industry was looking forward to seeing instead of nine percent coming out of our wages, it was going to be twelve percent. Yes, and that's just you know legislated revenue. Mm. I mean, what a great industry to be in. So totally. they're annoyed because they've already planned for that. Yes, well, they'll have to make amends. Uh, the voice of Mark Panel, the uh, head of content at Business News. Let's look ahead uh, to some of the stories from next week. I'm James Lush from Lush Digital Media. As we, uh, as usual, bring the podcast to you every week here from Business News. Let's look at the stories from for, for the paper. On Monday, uh, in particular, a focus on gold and the gold miners who have had a tough couple of years, haven't they? Yeah, it's been tough. You know, I look, I still, it, it does make me laugh because I remember, you know, years ago, I don't know, 25, 30 years ago, my dad saying, one day, you know, gold will be $1,000 an ounce. <laughs> yeah, and thinking, yeah. oh, how ridiculous yeah, is yeah. that, you know? And it got up to 1900 above $1,900 an ounce at one point a couple of years ago, 2011. Um, it's languished since then. Uh, it's sitting around just under $1,300 an ounce at the moment. Now, you think to yourself, $1,300 an ounce is still a massive mm-hmm. amount of money compared to what it used to be. But, you know, it's not. It's a marginal business out there. A lot of mines, um, you know, where they're at in their, in their life, the cost of mining generally... And, and some mines have been started up but on the basis of a high gold price. So you've got very high cost, many very high cost mines out there where $1,300 an ounce. Isn't enough. Well, barely, barely. And, and that is interesting, isn't it? Because as you say, historically, that is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's right up there. In fact, uh, there was a there was an u- uptick around 1979, 1980 that was you know in historic terms yeah. higher than what it would have been uh, in real terms higher than what it would have been in 2011, but it was brief. Um, so look, you know, th- I mean, this is the mining community in WA. They see the opportunity. The price goes up, and they can react quickly and get in there and pile in. Yes, but some of the some have got caught. Um, but but it, it's cost related, and now if some of those costs came down, they would suddenly be in a, a very different ball game. Yeah, it's very hard. You know, look, this is what's. It's it's not so much about driving costs down. I'm sure these are pretty efficient companies, and whilst they now don't have to compete with the iron yeah. ore miners yeah. and everything for for skills and labour, it's hard to drive costs down very much. Really, what's happening is those that kind of piled in and, and went for for growth and um, for ounces at any cost are now reassessing their mines and going which mines and which parts of the mines can we mine profitably. Right. So it's just changing the way they look. You've also got a different uh, attitude to the price here as well. We've got a group like Northern Star, which in our list has gone from out of the top 10, I think they were about 14 or 13 last year, into number eight. And they're number eight, and they've three of the mines that they've got um, that to make them, to get them into number eight, they haven't even owned for a whole year. So they're going to move up the list as they get into full year of production with some of these mines. Mm. They've taken a bet that and they've bought these mines off exiting US firms and all sorts of things like that they've taken the view that the gold price is going to improve that they can run these mines more efficiently and and they're the specialist group and they can you know maybe bring some efficiencies by having the right mines in the right locations together so they've taken a punt that the mine that the gold price will at least stay steady if not go up and it is a punt I mean, yes. who knows? Even we, the experts don't know. We don't know. And that's and, and Tim Treadwell's written a great feature on this. You know, in he says the number one person in the gold industry is is uh, Mrs. Ms. Yellen, the, uh, the, mm. the um, you know, head of the Federal Reserve in, in the US. And basically when she decides to put up interest rates, that is when the gold industry really 
has the biggest problem because then the US currency becomes that safe More attractive, haven. yes. And people take money out of gold and go into the US. They dollar. do, they do. And then, you know, then but you've got other global events going on. You've got yeah, Ukraine, yeah, yeah, yeah. you've got this Syria, Iraq thing, and but, whatever else. But that's a good point, Mark. I mean, the, the whole reason why gold is generally attractive is because there's uncertainty around the world. And yes. I would say, you know, we're living in a very uncertain time now, and yet it's not being reflected in, in that sort of uplift in the gold price. Well, you know, again, it, 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 it is still pretty high I yeah. think it's just not as high as it was okay and you know this is like it's a bit like oil the yeah. gold that we're extracting is in more difficult locations harder to get so it costs more to get out yes. so it's it's you know but yes the gold price could go up if there was a you know if ISIS keep expanding and mm. you know mm. knock off a few oil fields again or something but, you know anything can happen yeah let's um look at biotech industry, just um, a sector we don't often look at, but it's interesting. You've got a report in the paper on Monday looking at the biotech losses in particular, which is fascinating. When you have the numbers in front of you like this, you'd be a fool to go into the biotech world when you see these numbers. It does feel that way. It really does. Um, Biotech is, oddly, quite a popular uh, little sector in WA. Um, You wouldn't believe it, but we have a reasonably good medical research uh, community here. And of course, in my belief, there are some very strong similarities between going and exploring for minerals all around the world, taking a punt, going out and drilling somewhere and might find something to going and finding a medical discovery. They're yeah. very similar. And the process by by d- the, the stages of development are also similar, the exploration and mm-hmm. then raising money mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. So um, I'm not surprised to find that we have such a uh, community here. There's, uh, we've, we reckon there's about 14 or 15 biotechs listed in, in, in WA, or got a, they're what we would consider a WA company. Um, but you're right, it's a sea of red. We've just gone through reporting season, um, and one of our reporters here, Shana Crispin, has just pulled together all the results. So, you know, look, it's all public information. It's all, you know, <laughs> pretty basic. <laughs> um, it's very hard to find anything, any black ink in here. It's mm. red ink. Um, for you know, most we've got some little arrows pointing as to whether it's up or down from last year. Yes. Um, the ones that are up, it just means they've made less of a loss than they made <laughs> yeah. the year before. You know, it really is quite staggering. Um, cumulatively, so over five years, this group of companies has lost more than $185 million. It's amazing. All right. No, it is. It's staggering. It's a lot of money. Now, look. You know, you have to go with it in the sense these are long-term plays. You go yeah. and you lose money, you lose money, you lose money, and then you make the discovery. And, and you only need one of these off you go. to take off. Yes. And it could wipe out all those losses and yeah. become a huge positive. And, you know, and also someone can come and buy that asset. And, and those companies get bought out, and sometimes they disappear and we don't see the mm. positives. Mm. But, you know, it's a long haul for investors. Which isn't always attractive because investors sometimes don't have patience. They don't. They don't. Uh, and you, you could be on the verge of a breakthrough only to find that actually the, the, the tap has been turned off and there is no more money. Yeah, and look, I think this is also very cyclical. You know, investors lose interest in the, that, you know, mining, for instance, is also cyclical. So when mining takes off, investors look at that and when mining's slow they go and look at something else yes. like this so they're willing to give it a go for a while but eventually yeah, they yeah. do they lose patience they don't most investors in these companies don't really understand what these companies do you no know? but they like I mean, the idea that if they get a breakthrough even the names you know <laughs> Actinogen and Acuvax and 
Admetus. They're all just names that mean nothing to the average punter out there. So, you know, it's a fascinating world. Mm. Fascinating. Very interesting. So gold and biotechs uh, very much featured uh, next week in the paper, um, which comes out on Monday. So we'll uh, call it a day for, for today. We'll have a, another podcast for you same time next week. Uh, Mark, thank you very much indeed. Pleasure. For looking at the big stories this week and for, for uh, looking ahead at next week. Uh, we'll have the same podcast for you same time next week. Till then, goodbye. You've been listening to a podcast of Business News Background, brought to you by Business News and Lush Digital. For more information, go to the website businessnews.com.au.